Shepherd for uh, for believing in me and uh, giving me this opportunity. Um, and uh, also thank Jesus for this uh, this opportunity. I told him a long time ago I wouldn't pursue ministry, and if he wanted me to do it, it would come after me. And uh, that's kind of what happened with today. And uh, uh, we'll see what happens next. But um, uh, let's pray real quick, and then I'll jump into to the message for today. So, Jesus, I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you that you are our God, that you uh, you love us so much, um, that uh, you didn't just save us from hell, Lord, but you saved us from a world of hurt and pain, and we get to know you here on earth and not just in eternity, Lord. I thank you that we have the rest of our lives to know you. I pray that you'd, uh, like Ephesians 1, 18, 16 and 17, Lord, say that, God, you show us, God, the wisdom and revelation. God, give us the wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, God, and open the eyes of our understanding today, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so you could, oh, let me pull this little guy out here. Um, see the slide up there. It's, uh, we're going to talk about this morning, the desire of Jesus. Uh, before I, I start with that, though, I'm going to let you know I, I reached a high school goal this last week. Um, I always wanted to weigh 200 pounds, uh, and I reached it finally. <laughs> so I'm like 10 years late, and I'm not like the, the, as muscular as I thought I'd be, and actually I, now I need to lose weight, so my desire is that I would lose weight now. <laughs> uh, I, was, I was shocked. I stood on the scale, and I'm like, this thing's messed up. Let me take my phone out of my pocket. Uh, I got back on it, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, I guess this thing is right, you know, so... Um, anyways, I reached the goal. Um, so, uh, let's go to the next slide here. All right. So I got a question as we start. And it, uh, what will your last words be? Meaning, like, what will your words be on your deathbed? Uh, will they be uh, to your loved ones maybe next to you, that you love them and you're thankful for them? Um, will it be um, maybe you're talking to the Lord and you're just like, hey, I'm going home. Um, or will it be... Uh, uh, God forbid if one of us was to pass away in an accident, a car accident, maybe your last words would be, oh shoot, you know, and then that's it. Um, but just the thought, what will your last words be? Um, and then what is this, what's the significance of last words? Can you guys see that? Is that alright? A little bit? Alright. Um, so the significance of last words. So I looked it up. I went to our handy dandy dictionary.com. Great resource, by the way, if anybody ever needs to look up a word. And uh, we got there as the last word. Uh, number one says, the closing remark or comment, as in an argument, by the rules of the debate, she would have had the last word. Uh, number two says, a final or definitive work, a statement, etc. Uh, this, report, oops, this report is the last word on the treatment of arthritis. And then three would be the latest, most modern thing. Uh, casual hairdos are the last word this season. So two kind of fix the context of what I'm going to talk about today. So it's a final or definitive work or a statement. Um, what were their last words? I got, I got a little video of uh, some famous folks and their last words. So let's watch that real quick. And I don't know. How do I? Okay. Thanks, Josh. kind of funny and comical. I mean, you look at a guy like Winston Churchill who like, you know, 
led a country when they should have lost. And uh, you see his last words are on board with it all. You know, it's kind of funny. And then uh, you look at uh, Karl Marx, the founder of you know communism, and what he had to say. And those were his last words. So it's kind of like a a quick like summary of their life and what their thoughts were on everything they've done. Um, so, uh, what will your last words to uh, to God be? That's my next question. Um, and more importantly, uh, um, what were Jesus' last words? So, uh, think about what yours were throughout the message today. But also, let's look at what Jesus' last words to his father to his father were. Um, and we could read this in John uh, 17. So we're just, I'm going to, actually I'll read you the chapter if you guys want to follow along. It may be a little hard to see up there, so I'll read it out loud to you. Um, and this is out of the New King James, so it may be a little different, but uh, I'll read it to you. And when you're there, say amen. If you're not, say oh man. <laughs> I heard a preacher say that. I thought I'd copy him. <laughs> I have kind of like funny humor and I make myself laugh. So if you see me laughing, it's because I made myself laugh. All right, so let's read this. So it says... Verse 1. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may also glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Verse 5. And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with glory which I had before the world was. Next slide. Oh. Verses, we're at verse uh, 6 now. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me. They have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given them the words which you gave me. And they have received them and have known surely that I come from you. And they have believed that you sent me. Verse 9. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me. For they are yours. And all mine are yours and yours are mine. I am, And I am glorified in them. Now... I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father, keep them through your name, those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. Verse 12, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name, those whom you have given me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak, I'm sorry, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have joy fulfilled in themselves. Verse 14. And I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Verse 15. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Verse 16. They are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Verse 19. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may be perfect in one, and that the world may, may know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world, O righteous Father. The world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known that you sent me. Verse 26. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love which you love me may be in them, and I in them. So, at the end you see, right, in verse 24 talks about the desire of Jesus and he says Father I desire and we'll go into that in a minute and I'll, we'll expound upon that but I just really uh, 
when Jared asked me to share, I, uh, I, I, I mean, I was like, okay, you know, it was a no-brainer for me because I, I just knew that uh, I wasn't going to turn down an opportunity that the Lord gave me. Um, so I was like, okay, now what do you, Lord, what do you, what do you want to do? What are you saying? You know, uh, I want to be, I want to have a relevant, timely word for for your bride and and uh, and uh, learn more about you. And um, about two weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago, I went to see this this guy. He's amazing. His name's Corey Russell, and he's out of Kansas City, and he shared a message out of. Um, actually, he jumped all around, but verse, he talked about John 17, and I just said, I, I went home, and it just was burning in my heart, so I had to read it. And to be honest, I haven't read anything else since then, and and, uh, and then Jared had talked to me about, you know, Sunday, and I was like, okay, what? Well, I, I think I'm stuck here. I can't get out of it, so I'm going to talk about that. So I kind of just went back through, and I underlined some things, and I'll show you on the on the slides what the Lord just kind of gave me. Um, and I definitely don't... don't uh, uh, I want you to think that I have something new that no one's ever said before, because I'm sure a hundred people, a thousand people might have said this, um, but uh, it burns in my heart. I love Jesus, and uh, uh, I want to know Him more. My prayer today is that as we go through, go back through this and kind of dive in, that uh, uh, God would reveal Himself to you more. Um, I was talking to my father-in-law, Keith, the other day, and uh, I was telling him how, you know, I have a perception of God, and my whole life is based off of that perception. But what if some of the things I believe about him are wrong? Uh, out of a pure heart, Lord, I trust you. And maybe I just believe, you know, things that, that aren't true about him. Um, and, and if he changes my perspective or perception on those things, it changes everything about my life. Because I live my life based off of who, that, who I believe he is. You know, do you believe he's the healer? Do you believe he is good? Do you believe he wants to be in every intricate part of your life? Or do you believe he kind of stands back and lets you make decisions? Uh, those things are, are very vital to how you live your life out every day. Uh, so, uh, with that said, I do believe he's the healer. I do believe he wants to be in every decision of your life. He wants to be involved. He wants to be intimate. And we'll see that through Jesus' prayer right here. So, let me go back right here. and I'm kind of standing too close to that. Probably. Oh. oh. Is that? Sorry, guys. There it is. Okay, here. So, jumping back into verse 1. Jesus, I, this is just so cool. I looked, I read this and I was like, wow, that's so cool. It says, Jesus spoke these words, and then I underlined right there, he lifted up his eyes to heaven. Um, very, it's, it's not too often in the Bible as you're reading that you get to see like body expressions of, of what's going on. So here, like John gave us an insight. Like it was important that he pointed out to us that Jesus lifted up his eyes. You ever do that when you pray, like lift up your eyes or you're on your knees? You know, you just do something like sentimental to the Lord to like show him what you're feeling on the inside. You know, maybe it doesn't mean, you know, much to get on your knees. But in your heart, you're on your knees, so you're like kind of reflecting that on the outside, um, kind of like baptism. You know, it's an in outward expression of an inward motive. Um, so, anyways, I just thought that was like so cool that I got to see Jesus. He was like me. He would lift up his eyes to his Father and say, "Man, you know, this was his last prayer um, to the Father before he was crucified." Obviously, he had words after that, after he was you know resurrected and he went back and 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 talked to the disciples and stuff, but. This was his last prayer before he's crucified. His whole mission was up to this point. Okay, Father, this is it, right? This is, I did, I've, I've given them your word. Everything you've taught me in, in heaven and eternity, I've brought it here. Um, and, and here it is. Uh, verse 3, it says, uh, I underline right there, it says, And this is, oh, this is cool. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Jesus is telling us right here that eternal life isn't to live forever. I, that jumped out at me when I read it. Like this last week, I was just like, oh, shoot, that's awesome. Eternal life isn't that we live forever. That, that's a byproduct of eternal life. But eternal life is, is, it says it right, Jesus said it. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ to you sent. So eternity is, yes, I mean, it's eternity, it's forever. But eternal life is to know God and to know Jesus. That's, that's ultimately eternity right there. Um, I just thought that was so cool. I was like, okay, wow, you know, I, I don't, it's not just about living forever, but it's about knowing you and, and who you are. Like, you know, like I know my wife. I know I'm still learning her, but I, know, I don't know everything about her. And I mess up sometimes, but I know that, you know, that she likes what she likes and what she doesn't like. And, and uh, I definitely make a note if it's something that she doesn't like, and I thought she did. <laughs> but I want to know her, right? Because I'm gonna, I, I plan on... You know, when we're 55, 65, 75, 85, God willing, 95, um, I want to know her more, right? I want to look into her eyes and just know, okay, you feel like doing this today. You know, I want to know her like that. Or, you know, I, I just want to know her. And um, that's, that's what I believe what Jesus is saying here, that I, I, they may know you and know me, uh, that this is eternal life. And I think that's what Jesus meant um, when he said that. 
Let's go over to verses 5 through 19. Um, it's kind of hard to see up there, so I'll read it right here. Uh, okay. Um, I underlined verse 6. It says, uh, I have manifested your name to them. Sorry, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Um, I, I just that just shows me that that the disciples, when they were given to Jesus, or that they were followers of Jesus, that Father God actually gave them to Him. So what that shows me is that I and you were given to Jesus by His Father. Obviously, you know, we had to make a decision and say, "Yes, I believe. I want to follow you," but. This shows me that God gave them, gave him, yeah, gave the disciples to Jesus, and that was just really cool to me. I thought, oh wow, you gave them to him. It wasn't just like, you know, Jesus randomly went about and said, you know, I'd like for you to follow me. You know, drop your nets, become fishers of men. Um, no, God had went before them and kind of prepared their hearts and gave them to Jesus. Uh, and then verse um, nine. It says, I pray for them. Oh, this is awesome. I pray, pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. So Jesus' last prayer to his Father, um, this blew me away. It was not for the world. He, specific, he didn't just not pray for the world. He says, I do not pray for the world. Right there it says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Um, wow. I mean, just think about that. Jesus' last prayer to his Father was that Jesus, keep those who you've given me. I don't pray for the whole world. I don't, when we say world, we mean unbelievers, people that didn't believe in Jesus or follow him, right? So Jesus didn't pray for them. So, and I think a lot of times in church we get it mixed up that we want to go win the whole world. And that's rightly so. We do need to go make disciples of all men. But our ultimate priority is to keep those whom Jesus has given us. So at the end of my life, it shouldn't be about you know, the whole world, you know, maybe I, yeah, I might lead a thousand people to Jesus, but what if my children aren't serving Jesus? And my wife, I don't, I'm not close to my wife, and I'm, the whole, my whole marriage was my wife just sacrificing, 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 because I'm out winning the world. And in reality, I, I lost what He gave me, because He gave me her, He gave me my children. Just like Jesus is saying, you've given me these 12 men, right? And uh, He said, that, that just blew me away that Jesus would say, I don't pray for the world, I pray for these whom you've given me, that you would keep them. Um, and then uh, let's go down to verse 9 I got that underlined it says uh, I pray for them I do not pray for the world oh sorry I just read that but you, for those you've given me okay verse uh, 12 it says uh, while I was with them in the world I kept them in your word in your name those whom you have given me I have kept and none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled um, kind of going reverting back he's, he's almost rephrasing what he said father I've, I've kept what you've given me um and uh, Corey Russell, that the guy I was mentioning earlier, he, he shared that Jesus, at the end of the verse, kind of threw it back on God when he says, you know, well, except for the son of position, because you, it was your plan. Otherwise, I would have kept him. <laughs> so I think that was cool that, you know, Jesus um, explained that to us, that, hey, you know, except the son of perdition. Otherwise, it's almost like he's implying I would have kept him too. Um, and then verse 17 says, um, sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. What jumped out at me on that was, Jesus wants us to be sanctified by His Word, by His Father's Word. And then He says, Your Word is truth. Right? He wants us to be sanctified by His truth. I'm sorry. And then it says, Your Word is truth. So that's how we're sanctified. How are we changed? How are we changed from being a person that we don't want to be to a person that we want to be? To get rid of habits that we don't like, that we don't want. To love our wives more. To love our husbands more. To love our children more. To love others more. It's, to, it's through His Word. It's through His truth. And, and I thought that was cool. It's like Jesus, it's not just a parable, but he explains it right away. You know, it's like, it's not one of those things that he kind of leaves open. Like, hey, you know, you got to go search deeper. But he tells us, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And then uh, jumping towards the, the, last, the last verse. And this is where we get to see the desire of Jesus. Um, it says in verse 20, um, I do not pray for these alone, meaning the disciples. I don't just pray for the disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Jesus is praying for us. Right here, he's praying for us. So it's like at the beginning of, the, of, the, of this chapter, he's praying for himself. And he mentions, you know, 
clothe me in your glory as I was at the beginning of time. So it's like in his prayer, you know, and when you pray sometimes you can go back in time and you're praying for something that happened. Or maybe for your mother, your father, you're going back in your mind to a memory. And then you can jump forward and pray kind of maybe for your wishes and what you wish. Um, or want to, want to pray for it. It's like Jesus is doing that. He's praying. He goes back in time. I mean, before time. He prays for, you know, Father, clothe me in your glory just as it was before. And then he prays for himself. Then he prays for the disciples. And then he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who, those who will believe in me through their word, meaning the disciples' word. And we're all products of the disciples. So that's us. Jesus was praying for us. So actually, let's. Um, I did something here. I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but it says, He prayed for you and me. And I got a little arrow right there. And so what I want to do is let's, let's enter our name where Jesus is saying, I pray for them. Um, and I want, I, want to, I, want to actually, I want to use somebody. I'll just use Keith's name um, here. So it says, uh, you can kind of see in bold where it says your name. And I'm just going to go through and we'll read that out. It says, I do not pray for... I'll read it to you. And I'm going to put your name, Keith, in there. Um, and you just put your own name. And you can see Jesus praying for you. And I, I picture him being Jesus, the Son of God, being able to see our faces, almost like flash before his face. And he's praying for us um, in the midst of thinking about, I'm about to be crucified. I know what's going to happen. My father told me this. He showed me the plan and I agreed to it at the beginning of time. But this is what's going to get me through is their faces and, 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 and them being with me. Alright, so it says, I do not pray for... I'm going to read it out loud and, and I'll put Keith's name and you just put your own name. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that Keith may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that Keith also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that Keith may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that Keith may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you sent me and have loved Keith as you have loved me. Father, I desire, this is verse 24, Father, I desire that Keith, also whom you have given may be with me where I am, that Keith may behold my glory which you have given me, for you have loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, uh, and these have known you that you have sent, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it that the love which you love me with may be in them and I in them. So it kind of like brings a new revelation of, uh, to the scripture when you put your name in there. It's like, wow. He, and it, and it, it just strengthens your faith. You're like, wow, he prayed for me. Right? Um, and then if we go back, or actually it's up there still, verse 24, which is a little difficult to see. I'll just read it out loud. This is the desire of Jesus. And this is what, uh, this is what, it, this is what the whole chapter is about. This is what eternity is about. It says, Father... I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am and that they may behold my glory which you have given me for you love me before the foundation of the world. So what is eternal life? What is, what is it to know God? It is, it is one, Jesus says, it's to be with Him. And then that totally ties into us being the bride of Christ because I want my wife to be with me by my side. You know, if I go on a cross-country trip, which I did, <laughs> I definitely wanted her with me the whole time. I mean, I, I enjoyed my father-in-law. We had an awesome time. It was fun. But I, 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 there was lots of times when I, I thought, man, I just wish my wife was with me right now. You're, I mean, you ever just wish that, yeah, I, I'd like my wife to be here. I'd feel better. Or she just completes you, right? Or, or, or vice versa, your husband or your children. Um, so that's one is that Jesus desires that we be with him. Hence, eternal life. We're with him forever. And then two... And this is, this is it right here. This is that. And Jesus says it. He says that they may behold my glory, which you have given me. Um, glory. I looked it up. Right? I, uh, I'll read it to you real quick. Uh, once again, dictionary.com. My buddy. Glory is uh, a very great praise, an honor, a distinction bestowed by common consent. Renown to win glory on the field of battle. Um, this is another one. Adorning praise of worship. Full thanksgiving. Give glory to God. Uh, number. This is number five. A state of great splendor, magnificent, or prosperity. Um, and then I also, I looked it up in the Greek. Um, if you didn't know, the, the, the New Testament is written in the Greek. And the Old Testament is written in the Hebrew. So um, I went and I looked it up in the Greek for us. And I lost it. 
I did lose it. <laughs> um, the word was, uh, it was, I believe it was A-X-O-N, I, I think it's axon, I don't I may be saying it wrong, but it basically meant splendor and majesty. Um, so that's the glory of Jesus, is that we would see him in his splendor and his majesty. Um, I'm reminded of, in Revelation, the, the, the seraphim standing, or standing, flying before him, um, and they have all these wings on them, and, and they have wings that cover their face and wings that cover their, their feet. Um, and then wings, obviously, that they fly with. But that's the, re the reason they cover their face is because of His glory. And the reason they cover their feet is because of His glory. It's like, it's almost like, it's like when Jesus said to Moses, when He, he said, I can't, or not, when, I'm sorry, not when Jesus, when God said to Moses, I can't show you my, I can't show you who I am, but I'll pass before you on the rock and I'll hide you so you can, you can, uh, you can sense my glory. But God said, if I show you my glory, you're going to die. Um, and uh, that's the glory of God. It's, it's something that is beyond it's beyond comprehension. It's beyond beauty. We, when we think of beauty, we may think of a beautiful woman, a beautiful man, a perfect sunset. Um, I was with my wife recently at Yosemite National Park in California, and it was just like, some of the views were just amazing. And I'm just like, wow, this is like heaven. And it's, it's almost like God is saying, uh, no, son, this is, this, is a, this, is, this is a taste of it. But my glory is, is way more than this. Um, and so that's, that's, that's what, when I read God's word, I'm seeking that glory because that's what changes me. That's what makes me want to love people more. That's what makes me want to be a better person. Um, uh, makes me want to produce more, work harder. His glory changes me. And that's what Jesus' desire was is, is, for all of eternity is that one, we'd be with him and that we would see his glory. And that's, that's, that's going to be heaven right there. After 10 million years... We'll look at each other and go, wow, it's getting better and better. And after 10 million years in heaven, I think he'll be able to show us new glories of himself. Um, you know, he, uh, there's even, it, it's, his glory is so amazing. I'm, I'm reminded of a guy, uh, a pastor by the name of Bill Johnson that I went to recently. And he's talking about um, when you read the Bible, sometimes it is difficult. It's not always easy, you know, especially I was reading First Chronicles recently. And I'm like, the son of the king and the son of this and the son of who and the son of son. And I'm like, oh, I don't care about this lineage, Lord. I just want to, you know, read your word and teach me something cool. Um, so, so it's not always fun. But uh, Bill Johnson was saying basically that the reason Jesus hides truth in parables is because when you know something, you're responsible for it. So by hiding a truth in a parable is that he's keeping people from being held accountable to the full extent of God's judgment. And I just thought that was amazing. I'm thinking, wow, Lord, that is so true. Like, you hide things and you want us to go seek them out because otherwise everyone would be held accountable to these truths. And uh, that's just, uh, and that's God's glory to me. That is him revealing himself. Like, wow, you had a plan for that, you know? Um, so... I, um, with that said, have some final thoughts on this chapter. Um, and if I could uh, get the band to come on up. And uh, we're going to end in a minute. But my, uh, my final thoughts were, uh, there's three things that stood out to me the most. Was that, one, Jesus' last prayer to his Father was for those that were given to him. It was for us. And it wasn't for the world or the unbelievers. It was for us. And so I want to challenge you today to keep those, keep that which God has given you. Yeah, let's save the world, but... If it's at the, at the cost of our family or at the cost of our children or at the cost of um, the tools that he's put in your hand, um, drop it. You know, don't, don't try to win the whole world if, if, if we've got we to fix our family first, right? Jesus prayed. That was Jesus. I'm just trying to line myself up with his prayer. Um, the second thing was um, eternal life. You guys, yeah, just play some. Thank you. Uh, number two is eternal life is not living forever, but it's to know, have His glory revealed to you, um, God the Father and Jesus His Son. And uh, some of the, some of this may be like over your head, and you're just like, wow, what's He talking? About? He could be speaking Chinese up there. <laughs> um, but um, my prayer is that God would show you His glory a little bit at a time. I know for me, I, my life was rocked in uh, seventh grade. Um, God just radically got a hold of my life and changed me and I uh, started a Christian club in my middle school and then took it on to my school and then I went through a period where I doubted it it was like my faith was no longer my parents and it had to become my own um, and I struggled for a long time and it was at that point kind of like my junior year high school senior year I told the Lord I, 
pursue ministry unless he came and came after me and, and, and allowed it to happen. Um, but that was him showing me his glory. And it's like that, those memories that I have of him changing me while I was reading my Bible have kept me over, the, over all these years. And it's like, how could something so small and for like 20 minutes be something that keeps me running back to him? And I'm reminded of that's his glory. That's him just, and it wasn't like... There's, there's, I think there, there's definitely levels of his glory, and I've probably only tasted, you know, the, the stem of the cherry on top. But there's so much more to him, and that's what I chase after, and I know that's what Pastor Jared chases after. Um, and then the last thing uh, that stood out to me was that the desire of Jesus was that we would be with him, um, and that we would behold his glory, and that's in verse 24. So how do we, how do we, uh, how do we know Jesus and his glory? The first one, I have a couple points here on just kind of the practical steps on how to know God and His glory. And that's one, through faith. Hebrews 11.1 1, um, talks that we, says that we are sure of the things hoped for. It's through faith that we believe. Number two is through reading your Bible. Um, Jesus said that uh, uh, He was the Word. Or John said in one, John 1.1 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus is the Word. I probably said that really fast, sorry. <laughs> Sound like an auction guy, huh? Um, number three, um, we get to know God in His, in his glory through prayer. Um, Ephesians 6, 8 is a verse that we can read on that. Matthew 7, 7, ask and receive. Um, number four is through fasting. It doesn't have to be just from food. It could be from Facebook. It could be, you know, from something that's important to you. Um, number five would be through worship, which we're going to do in a minute. Um, and not just worship, singing worship, but also we worship Him through obedience tithing through you know just through sharing our faith that's a form that's an act of worship to the lord just to praise him among other people uh, and then the last is by following other successful believers that walk with jesus um, so you, you you can look at pastor jared and say you know what's he doing i need to be i want to be like him um, there's books that we could uh, definitely read which i actually have right there uh, one is your bible read your bible you can start with the book of john just totally reveals jesus um in his life and then the the second one down is a book called the knowledge of the Oops, sorry this is it it's like maybe i don't know 120 pages 110 um this book was written about 100 years ago by a man by the name of aw tozer um and he I, what he talks about about God and the attributes of who God is and the knowledge of God in this book is just mind-boggling. It's called the knowledge of the holy, um, and this has changed many men's lives and, and caused them to, to, to dive deeper into their Bible because of because of what he talks about and who God is because after his study. So, um, so that's the desire of Jesus is that we be with him and that we would behold his glory. Um, so if you guys want to stand, I'll pray over everybody. And, uh, uh, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, um, definitely encourage you to uh, come talk to Pastor Jared or myself uh, after we're done. Or, or you can even pray. To, the Bible says if uh, you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus, you shall be saved. So you don't have to necessarily do some magic trick or say a magic prayer. If you just believe in your heart, um, you're saved. And you're, uh, you're part of that bride or that fellowship that Jesus talks about. Uh, so Jesus, I just thank you for today, Lord. Uh, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity that you would, uh, someone that is imperfect and that has uh, many hang-ups, Lord, uh, that you would allow me, of all people, to, to talk about you. Uh, I pray that, Lord, you would um, bestow upon us, Jesus, a desire to know your glory, that you would give us a taste of who you are, that we would run back to you for more, Lord. That you would, that Jesus, the prayer that you prayed to your Father when you said, "Show them my glory and let them be with me," that that would become real and evident here today in 2012 in our lives, Lord. That God, you would allow us to keep what you've given us, God. That at the end of our lives, whenever that is, whether we're old or young, Lord, that we, Jesus, would keep what you've given to us. That we would, that we could be a mirror of what you were to to the Father. And uh, Holy Spirit, help us here today. We love you. We thank you. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if anybody wants to pray, me and Pastor Jared will be up here. Uh, we'll pray with you. If not, uh, we'll sing a worship song.
Savior. 